God has a purpose for worship. Worship is a powerful tool. You look at uh, the armies in Jehoshaphat and how God sent the armies. And David, as the worshipers ahead of the army to, to thwart the enemy. And King David that worshiped before King Saul. David wasn't king yet, but, you know, here he was. He was calming those spiritual forces. So all of these things work together, but the power of fasting is like dynamite to our prayers. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Matthew six sixteen through 18 Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, Fasting and Prayer. I've got some guests here in the studio. The program is being produced from our Memphis Bot Radio Network location, but it is also being made available to our Nashville listeners. We have in the studio here in Memphis with me, Dr. Sam Shaw, who's the lead pastor of the Orchard Church. Sam, it's always good to see you. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks. Any Mount Kilimanjaro adventures lately? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm looking forward to one. (laughs) Running these incredible races, and how many pairs of shoes have you worn out? Uh, (laughs) Uh, About every 400 miles. Well, what's been going on with you, Sam? What's been happening? Uh, you know, it's it's been a really, really good year, uh, 2019, and uh, very excited about what the Lord might do in 2020. Our church was challenged to uh, prayer and fast one day a week for the month of January. And someone told me last night in a small group that I'm in, he said, I can't wait to see what God does as a response to this. Anticipation. Very much so. It's expectation. Expectation, anticipation of what God can do. Well, we're also thankful to welcome from our Nashville studio, joining us on the program today, Barbie Franklin. Barbie is no stranger to those listening to our channel right now. Barbie and her husband, Terry Franklin, are Dove Award winning singer-songwriters from the Nashville area. For over 34 years, they've ministered through family worship and prayer events and also through marriage retreats that have taken them not only here in the U.S., but in 40 different countries worldwide. I don't know how old she was, but I remember Barbie Merck when she traveled with her family. I'm trying to remember, there was quite a few of the Mercks, so mom and dad and uh, Barbie and her sisters. Was there brothers, too? I'm trying to remember. One brother. We had four girls and a boy, and we all played violins and cellos and sang together. Yes, Barbie, it was one of the highlights for us on a Sunday night at Bellevue Baptist Church downtown with Adrian Rogers. He loved the Merck family, as you well know, your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I remember many, many special occasions of wonderful times of worship and your family. And you were all wonderfully coordinated with your clothes, too. Uh, yeah, my mom, I think through the years, made about 25 sets of outfits. They called us in Chicagoland, the the Chicagoland equivalent to the Von Trapp family singers. But, you know, we went on and kept singing and ministering even after we got married to our spouses um, in our own families. I think my parents did something right to launch each one of us out in music and ministry. So I believe that. Now, am I correct?
correct in thinking that Terry had some time that he sang with the Gaithers, right? Yes, for a couple of years back. Oh, that was, you know, when I was five years old. See <laughs> <laughs> me, he robbed the cradle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we, we've enjoyed ministering together. This is actually, uh, we're about to celebrate our 35th anniversary of full-time ministry worldwide wow. and 37th wedding anniversary. So we've been on the road ministering together for a long time. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. God is good. Barbie and Sam here in Memphis, we want to talk about Awaken Tennessee Prayer and Fasting event. It's 30 days of prayer and fasting starting on January 26th through February 23rd. This is really a call out to Tennessee Christians all across our state. Barbie, you're coordinating statewide this event. And then Sam here locally through the Orchard Church is also helping to coordinate and encourage people to fast and pray. We want to break into this conversation, one that really doesn't get a lot of attention. You know, you read Bible stories and in, in, in scripture in the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see where people fast. There's definitely right. examples of fasting. Sam, I uh, heard through the grapevine that this past Sunday you preached a message to your congregation at the Orchard on fasting. You also took some of that material and shared with about 70 plus people at a Bible fellowship. The person that told me this said, I have never heard a message on fasting like Sam Shaw preached. Tell me about the motivation behind this. No one fasts when they're content. You fast because you're desperate or you fast because you are you are really tired of the way things are. And God seems to be raising up a group of people who are looking around at what's happening in our, our nation, our country, our cities, our lives, our churches, and are saying, unless God moves, nothing is going to change. We need to seek the Lord. We need to humble ourselves before Him. And a part of that humbling process is fasting and wanting something so badly, you want it more than the next meal. And so you, you fast. People, when they mourn the loss of a loved one, they don't care about eating. They're, they're preoccupied with, with their grief, and they fast. And throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, people are fasting. Jesus once said in Matthew 9, when the bridegroom is here, you don't fast, speaking of his disciples at that time. But he said, when the bridegroom is gone, you will fast, meaning not only do we fast because he's not here physically with us, we want him to return, and we know when he returns, he will set things right. The kingdom will be uh, finalized in his return, and we fast for his return because we are not content with the way things are. It's a way of physically saying, thy kingdom come. I like those words, desperation, not being content. Barbie, you and Terry back in 2011, I'm not sure if you physically traveled to Egypt, but it was in Yes, e we did. Oh, you did go to <laughs> Egypt. Well, there was something that really took place in your life where you saw true revival, I believe. Tell me about that experience. Well, it was extraordinary because the Lord had already been turning us from more of a concert revival ministry to a prayer and worship revival ministry. And there's a difference. <laughs> we uh, just felt like God was putting a desperation in our hearts. And we had a long term you know, experience with the Lord uh, over the years with him training us how to fast every week for our ministry because of the warfare we experienced. And it's grown intensively, but in 2011, we actually saw what intentional fasting and prayer did. Uh, the largest evangelical church in the Middle East, Qasr al-Dobara, had gone through a 
40-day fast in 2010, and when we were doing one of our events in Mississippi, some missionaries told us what was happening in Egypt. Revival had broken out. The Arab Spring happened just right after the 40-day fast, and it began to spread across the nation. In fact, by the time we went, uh, the Lord told us to go and do an interview with a pastor, which was totally outside our box, you know, but God just took us and showed us what to do. And we ended up miraculously uh, interviewing this pastor. So many stories I could tell you to get there, but it's on our uh, local Tennessee website at at worshipcity.us, right on the front page. We actually interviewed him, and, and he said by the time we got there, there were a million people coming to his church website every month. And that was about six months after the fast had happened. And they were seeing 70,000 plus gathering for all night prayer meetings and just amazing things. And now you see it. It's spread all across the Middle East with millions of Muslims coming to Christ. You know, I was talking to David Sitton, who was also joining in and helping coordinate the Awaken Prayer and Fasting Time in Tennessee. And he recently returned from Israel, and he was telling me about, I think it was in Bethlehem, there's a Pastor Al that I met when I was in Israel last year that took David to this upper room. There's like 24-7 prayer going on there, and I think people from different nations lead the prayer and worship. You mentioned, Barbie, about those Christians in Egypt. Now, I I know that it's exciting to hear about the explosion and the hunger for prayer and for revival and, and Christians meeting together, but they have adverse situations there. I mean, they have potential persecution. Sam, you mentioned about being desperate. Here in the U.S., maybe we're not desperate enough because we don't have the same type of trouble or the opposition to our faith that we see in places like Egypt or other places around the world. What convicted me as I was thinking about this, praying about it, and preparing to, to speak on that was the question, is the reason that we don't mention or talk about or fast or pray is because we are pretty content with the way things are. We're not real excited about Jesus coming back because we have good jobs and good homes and we have cars and our families and we don't fast. We don't pray. But when you've got someone you loved who doesn't know the Lord and you've done everything you know, or you look at a situation like we see social kinds of problems in the city of Memphis or broken relationships, people who desperately need healing for the sake of their families, and only God can move. Only God can change a heart. So we fast and we pray and humble ourselves before the Lord, not to butter him up that he'll pay attention to us and not to bribe him in some way that he'll forget. We fast because we want him. We cry out to him. We want more of his presence. We want the bridegroom to return. Oh, my. And what happens when you fast is it is a humbling thing because all of a sudden the stuff that you have within you that is not right with God, it surfaces and you've got to deal with it. And you find out just how much you lean on things like food for comfort, medicate the pain in your life. Your body controls you more than you think. You see things, it's like holding a mirror up in front of you that doesn't have a very good picture. Barbie, as a result of the revival in Egypt, you and Terry opened your home for a weekly prayer meeting. And what you describe where hungry hearts can worship and seek God together. Talk about that hungry heart of worship and what you have seen as people gather in your home. 
Well, I feel like the Lord really took us on a journey to train us. And and one of the things he showed us is if we can't see revival in our own city and people aren't praying right here, then why are we going all over the world? (laughs) We just felt like that was a part of what God was doing to train us and help us learn as we just opened our home up because we couldn't find a church that was actually a practicing house of prayer, you know, where the house of prayer really ought to be, uh, we just said, well, well, we'll do it right here. So people who are hungry to pray and to worship and we fast every Thursday night, God is just answering prayers like left and right. And I believe that not just our prayer meeting, but many who have had the heart for our city. In fact, we renamed uh, Music City Worship City back in 2011 <laughs> and, and, and joining with others who had already, you know, had that vision, too. The Chamber of Commerce just doesn't know it's Worship City <laughs> yet. <laughs> but actually, we do believe that God has a purpose for worship. Worship is a powerful tool. You look at uh, the armies and Jehoshaphat and how God sent the armies and David as the worshipers ahead of the army to to thwart the enemy and King David that worshiped before King Saul. David wasn't king yet, but, you know, here he was. He was calming those spiritual forces. So all of these things work together, but the power of fasting is like dynamite to our prayers. Sam is absolutely right. Nations can change through fasting and prayer. When believers get that spiritual Navy SEAL spirit in them and they say, you know what, I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to be like the young shepherd boy, David, who had been trained when nobody saw him kill the lion and the bear. And he saw the giant that righteous indignation rose and he said, no one's going to defy my God. And the faith was there because he had been trained as a shepherd boy with the lion and the bear. And that's what we have to do. And, you know, when revival broke out in Egypt, it was just stirring up the lion's den there. And that's why in 2013, I believe that the Muslim Brotherhood rose up and began to kill the Christians and 86 cities, the churches were burned down. But the fast began in a Presbyterian church. So many, many churches were blending together and starting to unify. And we need that too. Jesus prayed for unity. And that's how this happens. God has given us the opportunity and the privilege to join with him and pray. Sam, Barbie said something that was really an indictment, I think, for our churches. She was looking for a place for a house of prayer, and she couldn't find any. It, it may be the fact that we're not hungry enough for God, and we're content with the way things are. And yet, Scripture and history tells us things change. God moves when people get serious about Him, about their sin, and they fast and they pray. Jonah walks into Nineveh says in three days the city is going to be destroyed. The king declares a fast. Even the animals are made to fast. No water in that case. And God spares the city, an incredibly wicked city. Dunkirk, World War II, 1940. Churchill called the nation of of England to fasting and prayer for the almost 400,000 soldiers in the north coast of France. No one knows, no history history professor has been able to explain why Hitler stopped his troops from decimating 
the troops of, of England and, and France that were there. And the little boats began to come across, and the fog rolled in. And if you saw the movie, the, what they did not show was Hurt Churchill calling the, the nation to fast and pray. Churchill called it the miracle of Dunkirk because God's people in England at that time humbled themselves and sought his face. What do you think the combination of prayer and fasting, you know, the two, when we talk, we can pray, but when we put the two together. I think fasting is a physical expression of hunger for God to move. And it can be a spiritual discipline as well. We started the church 10 years ago, the Orchard Church, as a result of fasting and prayer. And God spoke to me so clearly through the book of Haggai. In fact, he spoke to my wife after three days, but she wouldn't tell me what he said. So (laughs) (laughs) I fasted another seven days and I wrote in my journal, are you talking to me? It sensitizes us to the presence of God. Barbie, you have been busy sending hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of awakened <laughs> packets across the state of Tennessee. Now, thousands, thousands, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> now, are these just randomly being sent out? Are people actually requesting these packets? How are we making the connection with those to participate and getting the packets out? If you don't do anything else, you can email us at admin at awakenus.com. Basically, there are Facebook group pages all across the state. Now it's growing. Now 10 major cities or counties, literally tens of thousands of packets are going out yesterday and today all across the state. Bot Radio is going to be handing them out uh, right there. You That's will right. be handing them we out. We will be, yeah. And, um, and we're just keeping a ledger of, of those that, that have ordered them or come and pick them up. There will be a time that we run out, probably quicker than later, and at that point, we're probably going to try to put something online so that it can be downloadable. The founder is Dave Clayton, and he's pastor of Ethos Church and uh, has done a lot of uh, church planting ministry. It's just amazing that they felt called by God to make these packets available for free. So we encourage people to give gifts to Ethos Church um, just to help them because this is you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of materials that they're making available to Tennessee for free. You know, this is just something Terry and I have felt, you know, we wanted to get behind. We we don't have time or energy to do everything, but because we know the fasting is such a key, we have not seen something like this ever. I mean, ever. (laughs) And these materials are really just amazing. Dave Clayton is just a man without guile. He really seeks the Lord, and and these packets are anointed and blessed, and there's a place you can write down the names that you're going to pray for for the month of February. There's a guide to help you with fasting to know more about it. There's a journal you can write in that's got specific questions. There's a, a devotional guide and very clear directions, really simple. Anybody can do it. Some Last year they did it, and they had about 400 churches. Now we're cresting about double in the amount of churches that are involved so far. So who knows? We may have over 1,000 <laughs> churches involved across Tennessee. So this has the potential of stirring a revival and awakening that could spread across the entire nation. 
I have a packet in hand here, as you mentioned, the one produced by Dave Clayton. The Revival Starts Here, Love Your Neighbor Journal. And then this other book, of a blue cover book, it says Jesus Next Door, a 30-day prayer guide to help you practically love the people around you. And what I love about this is this isn't just an, an inward expression of worship and seeking God. It's not to make yourself known like Jesus said as I opened up in that verse in Matthew, put oil on your head and clean your face. That shows a sign of being out in the public and relating to people while you're fasting. So yes. you're having an opportunity to minister to your neighbor next door, maybe a colleague in your office, and in the process of praying for them, Sam, while you're fasting. Now, wouldn't it be something to uh, to realize God had to open a door for you for a neighbor next door or across the street to share the gospel or to extend his love, and somehow you connected that to the fact that you had been fasting and seeking God? Okay, now 30 days of fasting kicks off January 26th. Your church, the Orchard Church here in Memphis, and then uh, on the same date there in Nashville, Barbie? Yes, they're going to be having a kickoff launch. Uh, Last year, we packed out the Ryman Auditorium twice on the kickoff day. This year, we're almost out of tickets, so if you don't have them yet, you can go to awakennashville.com if you're in the Nashville area. And it has a place that you can go to get the tickets, and they're free. I wanted to mention in regards to the preparation of the fast that Dave Clayton has written this very practical, simple book called Revival Starts Here that is in the packet. And it will help you plan and just to be able to know how to pray and ask the Lord How do you want me to fast? Because some people do it extreme and some people do it as simple, you know, just leaving out something from their diet that they love. Um, So there are many ways and things to do. But God is is changing hearts already. Just the fact that we could literally pack the Ryman Auditorium out twice, which I think holds nearly 3000 people to get excited and worship and pray about a fast. (laughs) That's a miracle. Oh, that is. Sam, any details or instructions you want to give for the Memphis location at the Orchard Church on the 26th? What do folks need to know? That's Sunday night. It'll be a kickoff. We'll have a time of uh, worship and prayer. We'll have some challenge to fasting, and then we will pray together and seek the Lord together. I might just add this. As we talked, our, our staff talked about how to do this. One of our staff members said, our entire family is going to do this, and they have smaller children. And they said, Mom, you're not going to let us eat? (laughs) And she said, well, what could you do? And they said, we're going to go without dessert. So you've got small children who are are grasping the idea and want to be involved in this. Barbie, are there plans for follow-up participation after the 30 days of fasting, maybe a, a digital bulletin board of some sorts for people to share how God showed up during this time? Yes, the actually the group pages on Facebook. If you're in Memphis, it's Awaken Memphis. It's a group, and so you have to ask to be a part of it. But Awaken Memphis, we've got Awaken Clarksville, Awaken. So just do a search on Facebook for the location that you are. Some of them are by the county name. But basically, we encourage people to share their testimonies on these pages You know, we also will have a leaders follow up and certainly any of the cities could as well. You know, Sam at the Orchard or somewhere else, they could have a follow up gathering. We're doing it the day after 
the end of the fast, so it would be on a Monday night, the 24th, February. But each city really, um, Dave Clayton isn't trying to control anything. He's just saying, run with it, steal it, yeah. do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, we heart. want, Own it, we, yeah. yeah, we we want revival I to take place. Heart. Well, as we say goodbye on this edition of our program today, our Bot Radio Network listeners in Memphis and Nashville are both encouraged to really now's the time to get these awakened prayer packets. You can stop by our location here in Memphis at 6401 Poplar Avenue, and that is uh, Suite 640. And uh, we would love to uh, provide you and your church or as many of these packets as we can. You can come by here from, I think it's 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. If you need a special provision for that, call me here at the station and I'll be more than happy to make arrangements for you to get those packets or you can go by the Orchard Church you can call the church and they'll make sure you get a packet too and and in the Nashville area uh, Barbie how can listeners get these packets well, if you just uh, go to the awakennashville.com and and register there, that's for Nashville people. We have a Wilson County page that's on Facebook, so you can go to there or email admin at awakenus.com. I wanted to share just something sure. about my father. Oh, I'd love to hear it. He was 89 when he passed away just a few years ago. The last picture I have in my mind of my father, he was a very godly, brilliant man, writer on Islam and worshiper and uh, led our family in worship. During the elections in 2016, he passed away in 2017. He was still, he wasn't doing well. He had been having uh, seizures, but my sister was helping take care of him up in Wisconsin. He was still vibrant, but ailing a little. So she didn't leave his side much. And they were praying through the election cycle that, that evening. And it was just a moment that she took to leave the living room to get some tea. And when she came back, he was on his face on the floor. It was 11 o'clock wow. at night. And she ran over thinking that he had fallen. And he then she heard him oh. crying out to God. He was on his face. Oh, my. I can't tell you every single morning waking up and coming down and him having his Bible open on his lap, weeping, mm. just praying and weeping before God. And wow. that is the heart that I want to have until I die. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Amen. Yes. You know, Barbie, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, when I, I think of your dad, which has been so many years since I remember you guys at Bellevue in those days back when I was a brand new Christian back in. 1979, 78, 79, teenage boy who just came to Christ and uh, when you would come and minister music. I could even in my mind as I closed my eyes, I just picture your dad's smile. He, he was yeah. he was a very he just had a, a biggest smile, you know, when he shared about Jesus. And so uh, thank you for sharing that. It means a lot. Barbie Franklin, Sam Shaw, God bless you, my brother and sister. Thank you for what you're both doing for Christ's kingdom to help awaken us to seek God, desperately seek God as we need him so much in a nation and our own individual lives. And on behalf of those who don't know Christ, that we can fast and pray for them that God would break through the barriers and the strongholds that have them in Satan's grip, that they would come to see the light and love of Jesus Christ. But we're going to have to say goodbye, and thank you so much for joining us. We've got Barbie Franklin in our Nashville studio, Dr. Sam Shaw here in Memphis. I'm Byron Tyler. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.